0: Welcome to the Faith Today podcast. I'm Bill Fladares.
1: And I'm Alana Reimer from Love is Moving.
0: The guest on today's episode is Anne-Margaret Hofsepian. She is a Montreal-based author and illustrator. Aaron talked with her a few months back about creativity.
1: So I know Anne-Margaret is known for contributing to and creating adult devotional coloring books. So I have to ask Bill, have you ever tried an adult coloring book?
0: I do coloring sometime with my church's Sunday school, but I haven't actually done it in that form. But I think they're beautiful and I think I would, but I haven't actually tried yet. How about you, Alana?
1: I have to confess that as I was thinking about this conversation, I was Googling on Amazon various adult coloring books just to you know see what's out there. Because I have done that the odd time As a kid, definitely. In hindsight, they probably were adult coloring books, but they were, because they were very detailed. But this was way before they, you know, took off and we were kids and they were medieval coloring books. So it was very nerdy. So yes, I definitely got into the coloring world, though not so much as an adult, I guess.
0: So, and Margaret made some interesting comments about that creativity of coloring books. Her point is basically that all of us are created by a creative god and that we have creativity in us. She encouraged us to be brave about using that creativity. So it's not necessarily that all of us need to make fine art or be perfectionist about coloring within the lines, but there is a certain calling on us to find ways to express the creativity. So whether that's in the hospitality that we offer to friends or even in the doodle that we might make in a letter that, or a postcard that we send to someone in our family.
1: I feel like that's a really important point and I'm really glad that she talked about that because I feel like, especially with the kind of creativity that's called out you know, in a coloring book, it's often the kind that can feel like it has no purpose. It's just for pleasure. And I say just kind of sarcastically because obviously that's so beautiful and so important, but I think there's a lot of resistance to that. So I'm looking forward to her perspective on that and all that she talks about in this podcast.
2: Anne-Margaret, tell our listeners about your work and some of your current projects.
3: So the timing of this interview is pretty interesting because I'm just on the cusp of transitioning a little bit. I've been doing freelance writing for over 25 years, just over 25 years, and really enjoyed that and I still have the intention to continue to write. I feel that that's an opportunity God has given me. But over the last several years, I've been doing more illustration work and that is something that completely surprised me. You know, I loved doodling as a kid and I uh, was always interested in, in arts and crafts but never considered it as a career. But as you know, I've been able to work on some coloring books couple of solo projects, but also some collaborations. And that has opened doors for me to do more illustration work, just to explore that. And so I've actually, after about a year of really praying about it and just seeking God's direction, I've decided that I do want to shift gears a little bit and give the art business more of a chance. So uh, last summer I had enrolled into art business courses, which I haven't actually completed yet because I was a little bit on the fence. You know, how much time and energy do I want to give to writing versus illustration work? And I've decided I do want to give it a serious chance. So I'm just like, that's just where I am right now, where I'm trying to do more illustration work, creating a product line or two with some of my work. Yeah, and I'm actually... I've just signed a contract for my, I believe it's my seventh collaboration of a coloring book. It's a multi-artist coloring book. So I've done several of these. I've just signed on to do a Christmas one for 2023. I'm also working with my agent on a potential solo devotional coloring book for a publisher I haven't worked with before. So there's a bunch of things going on like that. And it's, it's pretty exciting.
2: That is awesome. I feel like you are the person I know who has rode the wave of adult Christian coloring really, really well.
3: Yeah, it's just, it's incredible. I don't, you know, I still marvel that I've been able to be part of this. My devotional, my devotional coloring book Restore My Soul came out in 2016. And that was just at the peak of you know, the excitement about adult coloring books. It, that's just when it was really, really popular. It came out at the right time. And I think what was, I think the reason that book did well was it was the first devotional coloring book. It wasn't just a coloring book. It was also, it was, I actually was talking about it more as a devotional book with coloring pages rather than it really being a coloring book. Uh, so the timing was just, amazing. And I, I really can see the Lord's hand in that. It opened a lot of opportunities for me. So yeah, it's been fun. And, you know, that far into my career, I mean, at that point, I was in my mid to late 40s, well, mid 40s. And I just thought, you know, who knew that I would be able to try something new and, and have this shift in my career, you know, at this point. And something so fun, you know, you expect your career to get more serious and more, I don't know, but not not that you'll have the opportunity to, you know, start playing and doing something that you really enjoy or that you enjoyed as a kid.
2: It's so awesome. So what is it actually about coloring that is so appealing? And I say that as someone who um, I have done a little bit of coloring as an adult, but when I had children it was like one of those things, oh, I get to play with Play-Doh again, and I get to color again. And I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. So what is it about that activity?
3: Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. First of all, it is, I mean, you know, those of us who have grown up and have all these responsibilities and jobs and families, and you know, sometimes we can feel really overwhelmed by all our responsibilities. And we may reminisce about oh you know life was so simple when i was a kid and i could you know just color all day or you know stay up all night and read my book or you know and just that memory of childhood and and just that freedom from responsibility and pressure. So I think, you know, when you sit down to color, it kind of transports you back to those times, those simpler times. And so I think there's that, but then the actual act of coloring itself can be very relaxing and therapeutic. And it's funny because my sister actually does not enjoy coloring. And she, you know, she has my books because she says, you know, I I love your book. I like to read it and look at it. But I know people like my sister. And I have a few friends that actually get stressed out when they sit down to color because either it's just not something that they naturally enjoy and it's not for everyone, or they put too much pressure on themselves that this has to look beautiful when I finish coloring. And I always try to remind people that is not the point of coloring. It's to just put your pencil or marker or crayon on the paper and scribble and have fun and not worry about the final result and not worry that you have to create a masterpiece or something like that. Nobody has to see your work. You know, you can scribble and make it ugly. It's just that act of slowing down and doing something fun and ironically, I actually don't color a lot. I I mean, I have all these coloring books I've contributed to. And a lot of the pages have not been colored in yet, because I'm spending so much time drawing these pages, and then I forget to go back and color them in. But I do enjoy it when I do.
2: Okay, this is a gendery question. But do men color? I don't know this.
3: I know some who do and really enjoy it. And I think there may be a little bit of a stigma of, oh, and and I think one of the things is so many of the coloring books, at least at the beginning, were very feminine, very floral in their motifs. and um, But there's a lot of, I mean, since then, I think a lot of coloring books have come out that are not necessarily so feminine. So I think, I mean, men can be as artistic and creative and, you know, uh, I mean, I just think of, you know, comic book illustrators, or I suppose I should call them graphic novels. So yeah, I think, you know, I think maybe some of them don't because they may feel that it's an activity geared more toward women. I don't know that it's something that is more for, for one gender or the other.
2: So if I imagine giving my husband a coloring book or encouraging him to color, like he would say I don't have time for this. I think that would be his answer. I don't have time Mm -hmm, for this. mm -hmm. So that leads me to something I want to ask you about, which is our creativity, our creative impulses and how we make time in our lives to let that come forth or to explore that, especially, and maybe this is two questions combined, people who would say, Oh, I'm not creative Mm -hmm. and they don't see themselves in that way. So I guess, are we all creative? And how can we create space in our lives to explore that?
3: The question of are we all creative is is something that I talk about a lot, you know, a lot of people come to me and, and ask me about that. And I often have people come and say, Oh, you're so creative, you know, I'll, I'll make someone a car. I mean, I just I love addressing envelopes with, you know, fancy lettering and doodles and whatever. And so the ladies at church will kind of almost jealously say, Oh, you're so creative. And I think, well, no, it's not so much that I'm creative. One, you know, there's, there's a couple of things. One is I have made a point of giving time to be creative or to, to try and learn new skills and to develop those skills. So, and of course now because it's, you know, my job, I feel justified maybe more than others to give the time to, to develop those skills. But I think that whole question of am I creative, you know, we, we look at it the wrong way. We really see creativity as the ability to paint or compose music or sculpt or dance or act or whatever. And I think that creativity is more how we look at things, how we approach things and being courageous and being authentic. And so, you know, whether you're talking about an engineer or, you know, a builder, there's so many different ways to express creativity you know, people who solve problems, a wedding planner, a baker. I mean, there's so many areas of life that require creativity. And so I I do believe that anyone can be creative, but I also believe that everyone is creative. I think, you know, if we believe that we're created in God's image and and God is so creative, I really believe that, you know, that's one of the attributes that he's put in us. And again, I think the problem is that we relate creativity too much to art, so I think that you know oftentimes people confuse or they try to equate talent with creativity and then and then when if you throw skill into that mix that's a whole other thing so I can have a sense of what my natural talents are and you know some people are naturally they may naturally have a good ear for music or for color or things like that so you know, definitely those are things that we can explore and develop and get better at. And, you know, you wouldn't want to force someone who's tone deaf to try to play violin or someone who has shaky hands to be a sculptor or a photographer. So I think we have to pay attention to what our natural abilities and talents are. But when it comes to creativity, I really believe that anybody can nurture their creativity and become more creative by first of all being intentional about that. I think too often we just think, well, I'm not creative, so I'm not even gonna try. Or there is this aspect of fear. You yes. Know, or 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 even just not being sure, you know, I don't know where to start, or what if I'm not good at it, or what if people don't like what I do? And we can make so many excuses for not attempting to be creative or not nurturing that creativity, not exploring it. And I really think creativity comes down to things like curiosity. Mm. And for me, that's always been a good starting point. You know, how did that person do that? Or how does that work? Or what would happen if I did that? And just looking at things in new ways from different angles and and being curious and being willing to experiment and and, and try things. So uh, I think curiosity and courage, not necessarily confidence, and, and there too, I think, you know, courage and confidence are often mixed up. I don't necessarily have the confidence to do some of the things that I do, but I'm willing to try them out even though I know I may fail. It could Mm -hmm. be, in the, you know, it could be a flop or whatever, but just I think courage is doing the things you're afraid to do. And then another thing that may hold some people back is perfectionism and just, you know, really setting... Their standards so high that, okay, unless I achieve this level of skill or, you know, unless it's absolutely perfect, it's not worth trying. And I have learned to be content with doing a good job, doing my best and producing something and being okay with that and not mm-hmm. trying to be the best at something. And I've said this to other people that I think what's important as a creative person Is being your best rather than trying to be the best.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's good. So, Anne Margaret, you mentioned courage, which I love. I think that's so important. And I was thinking about, and, you know, this avoiding of perfectionism. And I think this is the adult grown up trap. Like we started out talking about coloring. And when you're a kid, you're just so much more free, I think, and you don't feel silly and you don't have this preoccupation with performance and impressing people. So I imagine that part of the secret to tapping into that creative self is just maybe trying to forget yourself a little bit. And I don't know, how do we do that? That is a challenge. Because when you look at kids
3: who play, or who make up songs, or who color and draw and build things, they don't care you know, when when a kid is building a sandcastle, they're not trying to make it look like the Taj Mahal, you know, they're just having fun.
2: Unless their dad is there telling them to make it
3: (laughs) right. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, kids will bring a scribble to their parents and say, look, that's a horse. And you know, it looks like just two lines or something. And they take pride in what they've done, because they have put their heart into what they're doing. They've had fun. They don't really care if other people think it's great or not. And if we could recapture that, and I mean, obviously, if you want to make a living doing anything artistic, or it's not good enough to just scribble something and say, oh, well, I did my best and here, you know, that's different. You know, obviously, if if you're pursuing a career as an artist, as someone in a creative field excellence is important and and discipline is important in developing those skills. And and that's kind of where I'm at and feeling like, okay, I'm ready to to get a little more serious and, mm-hmm. and bring my work to another level. But for someone who just wants to enjoy being creative, I think, yeah, just try to get out from under that pressure of perfection and worrying about what other people think of what you've done. Yes. You know, if you're doing something for the glory of God and for your own enjoyment and something that can bless others, I think, you know, that's great. Um, Mm -hmm. But we don't get to that point because, you know, we're too worried about perfectionism.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I find that, and margaret in my writing life as well. Like, I meet and mentor and help and encourage or try to writers who are just wanting to write, you know, they want to explore, maybe their their life and their memories and and their spirituality in that way, which really helps. But then there's another stream of writers who want to be professional writers. And that's that's a different track. That's a different journey, where yes, you have to really be ruthless and be willing to have others be ruthless with you in their critique and so on. And that is not for everybody. And, and everybody doesn't have to be that or they don't want to be that. And so to be able to play in our creativity is such a beautiful thing. And that is, I come back to that idea of time, I guess. And I'm wondering what your advice would be to someone who recognizes that need and that impulse. And often I find as people reach sort of midlife, particularly with the writerly folks that I talk to, that's when they start to think, I need more of this in my life. So how does one go about jumping into whatever area they want to explore?
3: You know, usually if we're really passionate about something that, you know, we make time for the things that we really want to do, but we can also be held back by, you know, I think, I really think fear is, is one of the big things. Self-doubt, am I good enough? Should I be bothering with this? Maybe I should be doing something else. And I don't know how well this relates, but I'm, I'm thinking back to the beginning of my career, you know, growing up, Like I, I'm not sure if I said at the beginning, but you know, as a child, I loved to doodle and, and I would actually play with lettering. And I mean, I never had an you know, I wasn't necessarily wanting to be a professional calligrapher or anything like that, but I just, I loved letter forms and drawing and things like that, but it was really a hobby and it was just, you know, something I thought, okay, well, this is what people do in their spare time kind of thing. But when I was thinking about the future, I really started to move toward the sciences because I thought, well, uh, that's a serious job. That's what I should be doing. That's what my parents will expect of me or whatever. Never considered a creative job for my future. And yet, you know, now I look back over the years, I mean, you know, I wanted to study chemistry, I did for a while, didn't work out, eventually got a job at a magazine publisher where I was for a few years. And that really started to, to show me what I was good at and what I was interested in. And I think we have to pay attention to those early passions and the things that that excite us. And, you know, I've had a friend recently and she's an older woman who's, who's been a writer for many years. Uh, she's had books published and, and I was talking to her about the shift I want to make from focusing more on writing to focusing more on art and illustration. And she said, you know, and Margaret, when you talk about your illustration work, you light up.
1: Hmm. And
3: she has really sensed that the difference of when I talk about my writing, which is something I enjoy doing. Let me backtrack, because I don't know that I actually enjoy writing. its I mean, I'm really grateful for the many years I've had opportunities to write, and it's opened a lot of doors for me, and I do feel that there are times where God put something on my heart that the best way for me to share that is in writing. So writing for me has been more of a vehicle or a tool, but not necessarily the thing that makes me jump out of bed, and I want to sit at my computer and start writing. There are people who are like that. There are people that writing defines them. That's what brings them joy, and they love to write. I've never been one of those people. For me, it's one way that I can express what God has put in my heart, but it's not the only way. And illustration work and and other things have been other tools that God has given me to express myself. And so as I've tried to be more honest with myself and more authentic about who i am i've realized okay if sitting down with you know pen and paper and markers and, and and doodling is what really brings me joy and when i create something and it gives other people joy well maybe that's a clue that i need to give more time to that now again i'm talking about it as as a way that i make a living and someone else who has another job um may say well i don't have the time you know the same amount of time as you do to to sit and doodle or you know practice calligraphy or paint or whatever but again i think if you really search your heart and say you know uh and it, and it could just be going for a walk in nature and taking pictures of trees or or it could be you know baking a cake for someone or whatever If we pay attention to the things that kind of make our hearts sing, I think those are clues for what we need to be intentional about carving time out for. And maybe we need to let go of other things. Maybe there are things that we're doing out of a sense of obligation. And I'm not suggesting that we let go of responsibilities, you know, whether it's taking care of our families or fulfilling commitments at church or whatever. But there may be things that we're doing that we don't need to be doing and we do them because we have done them for years or other people expect us to do them so i think it takes a lot of thought and prayer and just really being intentional about where we invest our time and energy it's not an overnight thing it may be a long process it may not be something you can figure out i mean it took like i said it's i mean it's taken me years my my career has Evolved, you know, mm-hmm. from proofreading and copy editing to writing to document design to, you know, illustration, whatever. I mean, um and I think just as a tree, you know, starts out as this tiny little sprout and it grows and it grows branches and flowers and fruit or whatever, you know, we also grow and change and, you know, we're not... We're not rocks that, okay, this is who I am and this is what I'm stuck being.
2: Oh, I love that idea of yeah, we can be creative with our choices. And I'm smiling thinking of someone when you mentioned about shirking other responsibilities that somebody like complaining, you're knitting too much or I need you at the church hall. It's uh, a funny thought. But I I love what you've said about the inherent creativity in all of us. And, and you mentioned the example you gave of baking a cake, I was going to bring that up. For me as a I consider myself a full time writer, Uh, I don't take joy in it necessarily, like you said, you know, that famous line of, oh, I love having written, (laughs) as opposed to I love writing, which I hear from a lot of writers, actually. So there is that toil and, you know, all, all that goes into our attempt at excellence. But there's also those joyful activities, like i think I express a lot of my my creativity in the kitchen, like for me, you know, making a hostess scene or making a good meal for a bunch of people is a very creative act that brings me a lot of joy. And I've personally have cycled through a lot of craft, I have a long line of discarded craft (laughs) behind me in my life of things I've tried and just given up. So I think that yeah, it's okay to play, it's okay to experiment. It's okay to not be good at something. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And maybe you'll get better and maybe you won't. So exactly. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I would love to just think about also, I wanted to mention there's YouTube and there's classes like people can engage in activities, you know, community centers are back to offering classes. And so there is a you can dabble in uh, different activities. So, I think that's an exciting opportunity, but just to end us, if you would, and Margaret, it's just like two lines of go for it encouragement for somebody who is one of those people who say, "I'm not creative, I can't do anything," but you know they are fully Christian, they're made in the image of God, they know it, they appreciate the arts, but they just don't see themselves in that. Give us a two line cheer for them
3: uh. You know, I think one of the things is, you know, don't let yourself get overwhelmed by the pressure to produce a masterpiece or, and and I think, was it Eleanor Roosevelt who said comparison is a thief of joy? I I think someone, anyway. It was her uh, or her husband. Yeah. uh, (laughs) And I really think, you know, we fall into that trap. You know, don't compare yourself to others. Uh, You know, do the best that you can do with joy. I think if we approach it as an act of worship saying, you know, Lord, you made me creative. I don't know what that's supposed to look like, but, you know, just give me the courage to try something, to put my heart into something. I think that's a good starting point, you know, rather than trying to figure it all out at once, you know, just offering that to the Lord, inviting him to be part of that process, I think will really make a difference.
2: Oh, I love that. Thank you, Anne-Margaret. And if anybody listens to this podcast and takes up doodling or knitting or cake baking or painting or anything like that, we would love to hear because uh, it is so important. And Anne-Margaret, I really appreciate the work you do. And thank you for being such a creative, bright light in Canada.
3: Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Thank you for listening. Check out more podcasts and subscribe to Faith Today magazine for free at faithtoday.ca. This podcast
0: is produced by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. If you enjoyed it, please rate or share it.